hello, my name is Josh. Uh, welcome to Together BHA, uh, episode 111. Uh, I am recording this uh, the day after the game, and it is nice to be recording on the back of a win for once. Uh, this week, uh, I am joined by Chloe, uh, also known as British Tea Hater on Twitter uh, and Instagram, so feel free to follow. Um, Chloe, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Wonderful. Um, so you are obviously an Albion fan um, and you're obviously probably a local Albion fan. Um, so when did that all start for you? Were you young? Are you new to it? What's the what's the story for you for, for the Albion? Um, well, I went to my first game about 10 years ago, which was Peterborough away, the season that we got promoted from League One. Ooh. So- that was awesome. It was on the terraces, which was cool. And I got to shout loads, which 12-year-old me loved. Um, yeah, and that, I just sort of started going from then. It was like instant love from my first game. Before then, I hadn't really gotten into football. Um, my parents just took me to that game because I think I really liked the World Cup that was that year as well. They were like... That is uh, that is probably the best away game ever. Um, if you were to go back and listen through my podcast with most of the guests I have, uh, we talk about Peterborough away as one of the best away games that any of us have ever been to. So you picked yeah. a hell of a game to have as your first one. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. My nan lives well; she lived up there, so it was like just down the road from her. So we just stayed there and went to the game, and it was amazing. And we won. Yes, and won really well. <laughs> yeah, I I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. Um, and that Ashley Barnes penalty towards the end, to, like facing us, was just immense. So good. Not gonna lie, I don't remember it that vividly. <laughs> I was quite little. Well, I was fairly little, and I think I was just focusing on shouting and stuff. And my mum always used to. I like. I can't. I'm not allowed to like swear in front of my mum, but when I'm at the football. I'm free. I can just yell whatever. That's fair. All the other fans <laughs> are singing. Yeah, you just get drowned out in the rest of them. So that's fair. Exactly. <laughs> so this game coming up, uh, or rather the one obviously that we played yesterday, uh, but kind of approaching it was a bit more uh, bitter than than usual, right? Like I know we're miles away from Leeds and it never really was a rivalry of any sort, but it became kind of known as a Ben White derby. <laughs> <laughs> At the, during the summer, there was a lot of talk of him going. There was a lot of Leeds fans that were keen on taking him on. At the time, how did you feel about Ben White? Were you hopeful to get him back or were you looking at the idea of you know, 30, 40 million and thinking maybe we could take that and invest somewhere else? See, initially I wasn't overly bothered. Um, like I thought he's done well at, on loan there. He probably feels at home there. But, um, then Leeds' attitude towards us and how they sort of just felt they should have him just because they're Leeds just made me kind of not want them to have him out of principle more than I actually wanted him, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, it does, because I like I am a grown adult as well, and I felt the same way. 
I like at the beginning, I was thinking like, you know, 45 million, 40 million is a lot for a centre-back that's never even played in the Premier League. And mm. as time went on, I was like, do you know what? No, like you, I don't want him to go anywhere near you ever again. Like, And, I would... <laughs> and obviously we're probably battling it out for similar positions in the um, league and you don't want to strengthen your rival really. No, especially not. Uh, I think that would have been just as much of a huge morale booster as it would have been a player strengthening as well. They were mm. they were so attached to him in so many ways. Um, I, I was glad he stayed. And I think, uh, I mean, you can you can definitely have a say too. I, I think that it's paid off. I think he is, you know, I think he's been really well received at centre half. I think he's growing into that that kind of central defensive midfield role. Um, are you happy we kept him now in hindsight? Now you've seen a bit of him? Yeah, yeah. I, I was nodding along then and I just realised you can't see me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I would I would definitely agree. I think he's a very talented young player. And um, yeah, I, I think he plays well in midfield as well, which is, is good, obviously, when we've got injuries or whatnot he can just step into that position but he can also play at center back yeah and and yesterday was one of those days like you were saying there was there was a lot of injuries um you know Lalana still out Lamptey still out Moda unable to play still uh due to the you know the mandatory quarantining he was having to do uh Bissouma coming back Yes, yes. So I asked the same question a couple of days ago and uh, coming over from Poland, Tao came over earlier. So he came over around Christmas. So he had done his quarantine beforehand, whereas uh, Jacob had not. So that was why he's not featured yet. I think he trained for the first time this week, just gone. Okay, that's interesting then. Hopefully we'll see him at some point. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, but I'm hoping that we'll see him at Blackpool. Um, like, yeah. That should be a, a nice, easy start for him, especially with it being out of the Amex. It's not like he has to travel up to Blackpool. Um, but in terms of the lineup, as I said, we were we were a little bit weaker. Uh, you know, we had a lot of good players out, um, and we had just played two games back-to-back, one of them 120 minutes in Wales and one of them 90 minutes in Manchester against City. So what were your thoughts on that starting lineup prior to kickoff? Because uh, it was it was a bit of a mixed reaction um, online. I, I mean, I saw a lot of people being overly negative. I mean, when I saw it, I thought, it's a bit strange. We've got three central midfielders on the bench but we're playing White in midfield and starting Burn, who admittedly I'm not the biggest fan of. But I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was just a bit, a few like iffy decisions, but I trust Potter to get the lineup right. And I actually tweeted that, I would just like to say, so I'm not lying. <laughs> I did say I trust Potter to make the correct lineup um yeah so I mean Pasuma is one that is the main one that was left out that a lot of people questioned um because obviously he is one of our best players possibly our best player but I don't know I don't know if we would have done better with him starting or not but we did all right anyway so 
Yeah, that's that's kind of exactly how I felt. I I definitely did tweet that I was I found that lineup incredibly weird. Um, I thought that Basuma would start, and with a team that in Leeds are so easily torn apart by quick players, I was surprised to see that we weren't playing too much pace up front. Um, and then obviously the result went the way it was and I was entirely wrong, um, which is why Graham Potter has paid a lot of money and I just do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of the game itself, uh, what did you make of that pitch? It was... Oh, awful. it was terrible. Yeah. Um, I noticed just the ball sort of... I can't think of the word. It. I found like... Sorry. Um. Like at Newport, it just didn't always go exactly where they wanted it to, and you could tell. And it it just makes it that much harder for sort of skillful play, I find, because it just they just slip and slide everywhere. But you know, we did all right. Got three points. That's the important thing. Yeah, and I think that it kind of blows my mind to think that that was the pitch that we were presented with when Leeds are supposed to be this super dynamic attacking force. I don't, yeah. I don't know how they attack on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually thought we might do all right against Leeds because we do tend to do better against sides that actually attack, I find, rather than teams like Burnley that, you know, defend sit yeah. back and defend because we can obviously get in behind them but yeah that pitch was was probably a bit of a hurdle that we had to overcome and luckily we did and also I think that probably affected our performance at Newport more than people seem to realise yeah massively I, I absolutely agree I I I said on the podcast last week for a lot of the people that were negative about the result, I I think people are underestimating how bad that pitch was. So I'm mm. I'm glad you noticed it as well because it was just you couldn't you couldn't do anything on it. Like the final third trying to spread the ball around just looked like torture for those players at both ends. Like Newport looked like they were struggling just as much, mm. and they're used to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, uh, it. I, I thought that they were a kind of supposed to be known as uh, a team that play nice football. They must. They must do the majority of that away from home. Is what I can only assume. Mm. Now the goal itself, because before that, you know, it was pretty end to end stuff for that first fifteen minutes. Um, yeah. Not a huge amount going on. Uh, just kind of feeling each other out, trying to understand what was. You know what was happening. We allowed Leeds plenty of the ball, um, but they weren't really doing a great deal with it. Um, and kind of out of nowhere comes the goal. Uh, Gross yeah. played a superb pass. McAllister played a great pass. Trossard played a great pass. It was just superb all the way through. Um, a, two questions. A, did you think it was a goal at the time? Because I thought it was offside. And- yeah, I was. I was convinced <laughs> it was offside. I almost. I did- Almost didn't celebrate because I thought VAR is going to look at it and rule it out in a second because there's no way that Malpe has found that much space. That's but. that's exactly how I felt. He looked so open. I I just couldn't believe it. Um, I guess he's just that good of a player. 
I guess. Uh, <laughs> and and B, uh, is that up there with uh, goal of the season contenders so far for the Albion? Although there's not a huge amount of goals to talk about, um, that was pretty special. Yeah, I, I did like the goal yesterday because it was such a team goal. A lot of the goals that generally win goal of the season are, you know, stunners from outside the box, which are all brilliant. You know, they all count. But... Um, I, I liked that all our players linked up and you know recently sometimes I feel that we haven't been doing that so much there's almost a bit of disconnect passes just aren't going to the right players but that goal was like ping 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 back of the net just amazing yeah so. it was it was like everything <laughs> come together like every yeah. every training session finally synchronized to give like that potable stuff that he's been talking about yeah. for a long time. It was so good. Yeah, I loved it. But I I didn't say it right because I didn't think it was a goal. I thought it was offside. But, uh, me um, either. I, I also and, didn't celebrate. And now and I then, feel really stupid because it was such a good goal. When play had finally restarted, then I was like, oh, it, it must have been a goal. <laughs> yep. It wasn't till then that I sort of thought, well, it must have been then. Must not have been offside. Great yeah, it was it was stunning. Um and I think I think the first goal was so important. Although it ended up being the only goal, I think that, you know, once a team like Leeds, if they if they go a goal up, they can they expect mm. you to attack and they can then attack back with, you know, using their strength. Um but likewise, you know, if we go one goal up against a team that's willing to throw the kitchen sink at you, which Leeds are. I think it was obviously a huge goal to get because at that point it felt like Leeds had no choice, right? But to go and attack and, and try and get something yeah. back. And at that point they were left wide open um, for, for counter-attacks. Find, um, a lot of the time when we were attacking yesterday, it seemed like very congested in the box and stuff. Like, which obviously probably isn't as congested as it would have been if we weren't winning. It was like any time we tried to attack, there was like, well, it seemed like there was more players than there should have been, but. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were kind of desperate not to concede again. I think they were, they were packing the box full. Um, I think that's the kind of game where like you're missing Lamptey, where he could go down that wide side and really cause them, big trouble uh that Veltman although I thought he was good he doesn't have that same like nobody has that same like insane pace yeah he Lamptey's pace is insane we definitely do miss that to some extent 100 percent um were there any were there any performances yesterday uh because kind of once the goal went in, it was very much a, a case of back and forth, I feel like. We allowed Leeds a lot of the ball and we counterattacked pretty effectively. Um, so in terms of kind of game events, you know, there was a couple of near misses on both sides, uh, but nothing too much to talk about. Um, in terms of the, the player performances themselves, was there anybody on the Albion side? Let's start with the bad first, just because I suspect the good will be a lot longer. Um was there anybody who stood out that kind of disappointed you? You were hoping to see a bit more from yesterday. Um, I know he only came on as a sub, and this is going to be very controversial if you have any South African followers. 
Um, I didn't think Tao looked as good as he has when he came on. I thought he lost the ball a couple of times and he just didn't seem as effective. But then our attack in general didn't seem as effective later on in the game. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with it. it. It looked like he just, he wasn't playing the same role that he played for the last mm. two. And that kind of being a target man definitely isn't a strength of his no. from yesterday. So then he's not an out-and-out striker, is he? So No, no. And it definitely showed yesterday. Um, I would agree with that 100%. Anybody else? Or can we get on to the good? No, I think I think brilliant team performance yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, fair. Um, in terms of the good then, who stood out for you as the uh the kind of the top players yesterday that, you know, made you think, well, that was uh that was some performance from them? Um I think McAllister recently he has really stepped up a gear since he's been given more game time. And yeah, I think he really looks like an attract uh, attacking threat. Um, I'm trying so hard not to just go Malpay because I'm biased. <laughs> you can go Malpay. He, I thought he had a very good game. Like he, I, I, I love that he's getting back to his old self, scoring goals, and his positioning for the, that goal was amazing. Yep. And um yeah. I just I think he does a lot which isn't perhaps noticed because it doesn't necessarily lead to a goal. Most are best attacking moves he's involved in. I don't I yeah, I don't think he could quite believe the amount of space he was allowed for the goal. I think he was as I think he was as in as much disbelief as we were watching it uh when that ball rolled in for him to tap in. What a girl, yeah. My my parents were like, what if he'd missed that? And I was like, I don't even want to think about that. He didn't, it went in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the attitude to have. Let's let's just <laughs> let's enjoy the goal in the back. Let's, exactly. let's enjoy the goal. <laughs> um I like for me, I agree with you one hundred percent on on McAllister too. He was I think he has been I think this week almost has been like a total revelation for him he he's just been unbelievable he had a uh, an expected assists thing of 0.78 yesterday uh, which i guess makes sense when you're passing a ball to a striker in front of an open goal um, <laughs> you can't you can't really get much of a good a better pass than that um and yeah i thought i thought that McAllister was just an absolute beast yesterday uh, yeah two key passes and was part of most of our offensive kind of build up as well i thought mm-hmm Mopai, as you said, was also excellent. Uh, he had a very good XG and scored, um, of course, uh, and, and not a bad XA either. Uh, he, uh, like you said, I think he doesn't get, even when he is his least confident, like a month or so ago, I think that he was still contributing an awful lot in the build-up, like you said. He just, he isn't the kind of player that can keep up with Aaron Connolly when they're on the break, but he can play a ball into him or be in the box to take like you know sniff up yeah. on the leftovers i do think he plays better with uh 
partner generally. But I I just think we look so much better with him on the pitch. Yeah, and I think <coughs> you know he's he's really the only like out and out goal scorer that we have that yeah. isn't isn't injury prone. Um, oh, don't say that you're tempting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you look at Danny Welbeck, like I like all due respect to Danny Welbeck, like no one has really ever found his best position. Like he seems to want to play striker, but he's been played out on the left. He's been played out on the right. Like he's done okay both sides like in his career, yeah. but he just gets hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think I think he's good. He's well, Welbeck is good, and I think he was probably a good addition because he's got that experience as well. But so injury prone and Lalana. Yeah, yeah. I think the Lalana move. While I understand the the intention behind it, I, I've said a couple of times. I think we've unfortunately made a mistake on it, just because it's not ended up. I don't think we got what we were hoping from Adam. Um, do you, like how do you feel about the Lalana transfer? Although we got him for free, like did you did you think we would get more out of him? Is this kind of what you expected, or or? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably about what I expected, to be honest. I, he is injury-prone, and we know that. But um, I do think the games that he has played, he has had a positive influence on. The one that was a bit weird was when he came on for like five minutes and then went off. I can't remember which game that was now. The one yeah. where Malpe missed the penalty. Yep. I know exactly which one you're talking about, and I can't remember now. That entire game was just bizarre in terms of players going off because I mean, you, you are a self, you know, admitted Mopai Stan, right? Possibly (laughs) even more. Um, (laughs) What, what was your thought when he, cause to me, like, like I also am a big Mopai fan. Like I I don't often get names and numbers on the back of my shirts, but I I did this, like the most recent one, I, I got his name on there because I am a massive fan of him too. But I did, I did think he was not entirely injured. It did feel a bit of a uh, a, a tantrum of sorts when yeah. he missed that penalty. Did you I feel mean, the same way? Definitely. Um, and I was quite disappointed in him because I was like, okay, he missed a penalty. Players miss penalties. It happens. De Bruyne has missed penalties. Um, it, it just happens. But um, his react well, what I thought was his reaction was dropping and going off, and I just felt like that's a bit disappointing. And also, um, is it Liverpool? I think it was, you know, yeah, because I just remembered. Because if he was injured, he should have gotten down, gotten treatment. So I think it was Trossard could have warmed up and we could have made a swap rather than having 10 men against one of the best sides in the world you know yeah and I think I think you're spot on because I remember he kind of played behind them behind Welbeck and Connolly and Mm. just fed them the ball and then was kind of there to sweep up the rest and I thought that that role he was just excellent in for that first you know 20-25 minutes I couldn't believe how good he looked And yeah. then, and then he, and then he defo tantrumed off. Like it was so annoying. 
because like you said like he didn't give anybody any time to adjust mm. yeah yeah like I, I was like but that's that's what we love about him and it is his passion <laughs> <laughs> but and you've got to take the good with the bad yeah you're right and he's only young as well I mean he's what 24 still um and he is of course French who are obviously a passionate people (laughs) um so you've got to expect to uh to have some kind of outburst every now and again especially when he spends 90 minutes every game winding up the opposition it's it's inevitable (laughs) yeah I love it (laughs) um Ben White though Yesterday, uh, I I've not been a fan of Ben White as a central defensive midfielder for a while. Yeah. I I thought he just was a just not a hundred percent comfortable. In fact, I don't know how you feel about this, but I said a couple of times I I almost feel like I'd prefer Webster to take that role. I I don't know because I've never seen Webster in that role, so I don't really know how well he would take it. Although. He ha- he does go forward with the ball, which is good. And obviously, if he played in midfield, he'd be doing that. But, yeah, that's um, that's my only reasoning. Really, is he loves to get forward with it. <laughs> the um, weird thing I always found was when you've got White playing in midfield and Alzate on the bench, who probably last season was one of our best players. And I don't know. I don't, yeah, no, I it's, don't it's, think I've, we've seen as much of him this season as I probably was expecting. I think that's a great point to bring up. I think the curious case of Alzate is is uh, has been a strange one. Um, I, I he was he was ill, wasn't he, over Christmas? He's been cited as illness for a while now, yeah. and and that to me, like whenever I see illness now, whether it's for better or worse, I always think coronavirus. Yeah. And, think that that's what he's gone down with um and I, I i just wonder if it's if it's really affected if that's what happened i wonder if that's really affected him in the same way that kai Havertz has been like mm. really damaged by it as well that's, that is a possibility i mean he was on the bench wasn't he yesterday yeah um and hopefully the thing is people are always saying about we need to sign more players and i'm looking at the players we've got and thinking he's amazing he needs more game time and it's like who for because we we just got I think we've got a quite strong squad in general um yeah I'm like I'm thinking I'd like to see him get more game time maybe a few starts but then I don't know who I'd play him for yeah it's tough isn't it when especially in that midfield I feel like we are overloaded with talent in the central midfield like when you think Alzate, McAllister, Lalana when fit, Bisuma, proper gross like that's Moda now as well if he's you know yeah. if he's the real deal um and we're also you know apparently rumored to be going for this Moises Caicedo uh lad in South America who is do we need him <laughs> yeah that's you know I, like unless we are truly you know, planning for for Bissouma to to leave in the summer for a lot of money. I feel like we're it just seems like an insane investment to make. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our midfield is pretty overloaded. Yeah, There's so sure. many good players. 
Um, yesterday, I did think Joel Veltman had a very good game as well. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was very effective uh, down that right hand side, um, which was nice because you know when they attack so often as they do, it was nice to see Veltman um, use that kind of older head of his. Uh, he took no shit and really put it in on them, <laughs> uh, which was really nice to see. Yeah, he he was one hell of a sign in, wasn't he? Like, I can't. How much did he cost again? I think it was nine hundred thousand euros. Yeah. Like, that's nothing in today's market, and he's just been a quality player. Not even. I mean, obviously, he's good as Lamptey's replacement. Well, not replacement, but backup. Um, yeah. But he's he's just been quality most games he's played that I can think of and cost next to nothing so agreed and and what a like as well like the experience he has Champions League football Ajax yeah. like and he's bringing that in to to work with people like Ben White who is already good like just adding that bit of you know experience that he wouldn't have been able to get uh at you know at Leeds or at Peterborough when he was on loan <laughs> Like they just, they didn't, yeah. they didn't have that, that, you know, like, I mean, we didn't have that world-class kind of centre-half like experience at least before. Um, and, and Veltman definitely provides it in terms of what he's, what he's gone through with Ajax, uh, the culture and everything, I think. Man of the match uh, against Leeds, who stood out as your man of the match yesterday? Uh, and and yes, it can obviously be the obvious answer if you would like it to be. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not going to say Malpo because, as much as I love him, he wasn't the standout for me. I'm going to go McAllister. Oh, okay, fair. That I'm so sorry, Malpo. <laughs> if Neil is listening to this, you have both uh, talked about your time of intense disappointment with him. Uh, at the Liverpool game and now not giving him man of the match for scoring the goal. So, yeah, <laughs> he's going to be proper upset by that. Um, but I, I actually 100% agree with you. Alexis was my man of the match as well. Um, he's my man of the week, basically. I, I think he's yeah, just been unreal. He, he was great against... Um... Sorry, there's been so many games recently. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to make sure that he did play against City. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he was really good against City. <laughs> yeah, and then played pretty much the, all, the whole of the Newport game as well. He's he's played a lot of minutes this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so next, so thankfully, like there isn't a game this week for us. We get to have a bit of a rest while everybody else doesn't, um, which is kind of the key point. Fulham are having to catch up uh, with a really easy uh, trip. Um, to Manchester United, uh, so that's brutal for them. Um, so they've got Manchester United on the twentieth, and then uh, they also have an FA Cup game um, against Burnley the, on the weekend as well. So that's not going to be easy. Um, looking ahead to to Blackpool and Fulham, um, what kind of team are you hoping to see us put out against Blackpool? Because these are two back to back home games as well. So, uh, what kind of team? Yeah. I'd like to see a few youngsters in there. Um, So, like, I wouldn't... Honestly, not as strong as Newport because I was very surprised at what a strong team he put out. And if it does end up going to extra time, 
which hopefully it won't. But if it does, you don't want to exhaust our players for what is obviously a very important game against Fulham, six-pointer. Um, so, yeah, it would be nice to see, like, uh, trying to think of players now. Maybe Alzate, he, he could play. Um, Hadra, I think it is, that played, that came on against City. He looked decent. It'd be nice to see him get a start maybe against Blackpool. Yeah, he looked very... He looked very similar to Tao, I thought, when he came on. He was mm. really quick with the ball at his feet and ran at the opposition like immediately. Yeah, he, he had no fear. It was like doom. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, I suppose that's the Dortmund culture. He I, I know I think he's the lad we got from Dortmund uh as a youth product, so that would make sense. Um would you like maybe a midfield duo of Moda as well? Moda and Alzate in maybe, there? Maybe, yeah. That would that'd be good. Just get a few, a bit of rotation, really. So then people that have, maybe haven't had games time can start and get a few youngsters getting a bit of experience in there as well. Yep. Um, um, because honestly, I'm, a cut from would be nice, but I'm not overly bothered. Fair. Especially since if we got to Wembley, we wouldn't be able to go. Yeah, that's like that. Really, is a big thing for me too. Like, it's just not like it's not the same. Like, I, mm. I mean, if we got to a cup final, I would fly home. Like, no doubt. I, but I wouldn't this year because what's the point? So, Fulham, of course, yeah. is the much bigger one. Uh, yeah. That is, as you said, a six pointer, um, and is a huge game. And and like I said, they have Manchester United and Burnley coming up both. Neither of them are going to be easy rides. Uh, both of them are going to be two very different types of workout for them, but they're going to get it either way. Um, they are missing Anthony Robinson now after getting that ridiculous red card yesterday. I'm not sure why he did what he did. Uh, but in terms of the what you're hoping to see against Fulham, um, what changes pro or like yeah, what kind of changes rotation game plan are you hoping to see compared to the one that we saw? at Leeds yesterday because uh, we know um, Potter likes to mix and match so we'll probably see some rotation yeah I wouldn't even try and guess what team Potter's going to put out because <laughs> I can't but honestly I wouldn't like to see too many changes because I don't think you should mess too much with a winning formation like and we did play well um, I don't really know well, I would like Mate, Kasuma in Lampty's, there somewhere. Yeah, and if Lamptey's back as well, if, obviously, it would be nice because Fulham are obviously a bit more defensive, a bit of pace to try and get in behind them. Yep, yep. We've also, uh, I don't know if you saw that news today, um, we have just signed Tarek Lamptey to a new contract yeah. uh, till 2025, which is massive. Um, seems like we're taking the Lewis Dunk approach to Tariq, doesn't it? Like we're signing him onto longer contracts so we know that we can get loads of money for him if he leaves. I, I do like that about Brighton. We're very much not a selling club. Some clubs sell a bit too easily, I find. And if you want to do well as a club, you can't just keep selling your best players because even if you're replacing them, the new players got to have time to settle. So hopefully we can hang on to Lamptey for as long as possible because he could help drive us forward. Yeah, agreed. I mean, if we had, I think if 
Tariq was healthy all year so far, I think we'd be probably three to five points better off just from him alone, which is ridiculous for a right, for a right back to be that influential. But I, like, I really think we would be better off uh, by at least a win. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably. Would you like to see Tao get more game time uh, against a team like Fulham? I feel like that's kind of somewhere where at home he may be uh, able to carve them open a little bit. Um, I would actually like to see um, McAllister, Trossard, Malpe up front again um, for Fulham because I think it worked so well. They had lots of moments where they were they linked up well, basically, and I, yeah, I'd like to see that again. Um, Fair. Maybe give Tower a run out in the cup. Yep. Fair. Um, and it'll be, and it will be good to get him on home soil anyway. I think get him some game time at the Amex. So that's yeah. the kind of thing he'd be used to, uh, and I think he would probably cause Blackpool a, a, a ton of major problems um so you were saying that you were looking at the team uh and you were thinking these players need more game time they're talented i would like to see more of them um january window is currently open uh as we know uh lamptey has signed on for more time uh carbonic michael carbonic uh or however you pronounce that name (laughs) uh maybe carbofnik i'm not sure uh he is on his way back from poland um, to to feature at least with the Albion squad. Um, he's a left-back, left-wing-back. And Bernardo is on his way out to Salzburg, I believe. Um, and, of course, the Caicedo deal, we, we don't know what's happening with that. Um, do you Would you like to see us bring anyone in, um, at a striker to play alongside Neil, um, anywhere else in the squad? You know, is there, is there anywhere that you would like us to to invest in in January or are you thinking that this is the this is a squad that we should carry on with I think yeah given that we've um brought Moda and Arbalnik I have no idea how you say that so I'm probably butchering that pronunciation but um we brought them back we've got Tao we've brought a few players in that has strengthened us enough I'm not totally convinced that we do need any more. I've said for a while now, I don't actually think we need another striker because we do have Malpe, we have Connolly, Sakiri, Welbeck when he's fit. So especially like yesterday, we only played one striker. Why do we need what five? Oh, and and Ona is probably back at some point. I don't know when he'll be back. Yeah, I think he just went back into training proper too. So he will be. I think he will be sooner than later, at least. Um, it seems yeah, like he's actually I'd love with the to team. See him and Malpe up front again. That was best. Yeah, as long as he's not trying to kill <laughs> the opposition <laughs> players, I would like to. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can forgive that if he came back and did a job for us. Yeah, I think I think we all could. Um, cool. Uh, 
Anything else you would like to talk about? Transfer windows, predictions for the season, anything, anything at all Albion related. Uh, you've got free time. Do you want to speak about anything else Albion related? Um, Any thoughts you just have to get out? Uh, ask me after the Fulham game. <laughs> that's that's my honest opinion on it. See, I, I feel like quite a few games this season, people have been like, if we don't win that game, we'll go down. And it's like only like halfway through the season. And I really think that it doesn't really work like that. And whilst obviously Fulham is a huge game, three points would be huge. And if we lost it, that would obviously be quite terrible. It's not the end of our season, you know. Yeah. So... Yeah, I just I try and remain hopeful because what else can you do? You can't you can't change anything. No, I agree. I mean, for me, I think that I think Fulham are on the are on the verge of going on a bit of a run, mm-hmm. um, and I think that if we were to lose to them, I think it could really kick it into life. Yeah. Um, and I think if we were to beat them, you know, we would go like what eleven or twelve points clear of them. Uh, and I think at that point, I would be confident enough to say that even if they went on a run, I don't think it's enough to catch us. I don't think they can get 11 more points than us this season, even this early. Um, that's like I just think that all three of them at the bottom, uh, even with Big Sam in at West Brom, I, I'd, I don't think that West Brom have, you know, 20 more points in them than Brighton do. No, I, I agree. And I I do think we'll probably stay up this season. Um, I hope I don't end up regretting saying that. But And I think, yeah, I think we're a bit more shored up at the back now with Sanchez in goal. Um, no disrespect to Ryan, he was a great keeper. He still is a great keeper, but had, didn't have the best of starts to the season. So... Yeah, and hopefully we can keep a few more clean sheets than we have been. Yep, good start um, yesterday in that in that regard. And um, get some more wins. Agreed. Oh, last thing before you drop off, uh, Fantasy Premier League. How's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. I've used my triple captain on Fernandez, um, which is obviously on now. I have no idea what the score is. Nil, it nil. is nil nil. Yeah, I have triple captain um, Salah. So, oh, um, yeah. So, I'm hoping he does well today, and obviously against Fulham, hopefully he won't get booked today because then he would be on five yellows and would miss that game. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing decently enough. I've, I think I've got about one thousand and seventy nine points in total, ish. That's, that's not that's not bad at all. Um, yeah, and I'm doing okay. I'm still in the FPL Cup, which is good. Um, but I, I'm super competitive with that. Like a lot of my leagues I'm in, um, one is by a particularly mouthy group of young lads who like to slag my footballing opinions off. So I want to beat all of them, obviously. And um, <laughs> well, I hope they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm second in most of the leagues I'm in and I'm top of one of them. So it's like 
oh I'm I'm just and I like I feel like I want to prove that girls know about football because even though there's plenty of female football fans there is still a bit of a thing that girls don't know what they're talking about yeah I mean yeah unfortunately speaking of Leeds we saw that in full flow didn't we the other week I don't know if you saw that uh with with the reporter on BT and the absolute shit show that followed that um was just utterly ridiculous I think yeah with that I don't think the initial actual tweet by Leeds was it was misjudged but it wasn't terrible but the abuse that followed from Leeds fans was yeah yeah I agree which is I suppose unsurprising after Mm. (laughs) after watching them in the summer of uh with Ben White they are a particularly um Passionate group of fans, shall we say? Yeah, I think that's a good word of putting it. Um, I can think. <laughs> I think I can think of a lot of other ones, uh, but I would I would probably have to mark this uh, podcast as explicit if I if I told you what I felt. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure I would agree. Yeah, I think that they're probably second on my list behind Palace now of teams that I just intensely dislike, all due to Ben White. It's that dumb. See, I, I actually, in terms of their fans, not as like a club, but as their fans, I have had more unpleasant experiences with Leeds fans. Although I have had a lot of unpleasant experiences with Villa fans as well, due to um, my tweet about Jack Grealish diving going viral. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. They they did not like that one, but but yeah, I suppose they're just defensive. Um, so yeah, I mean, most Palace fans I've spoken to, honestly, not that bad. As a club, I still hate them because they're Palace. Of course. I don't know why I hate them. I just do. Just instinct, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just yeah. That's just how you're brought up. It's just the way it is. Um, You don't ask questions. You just hate them. Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think that that wraps it then. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Um, If you ever want to come on again, let me know um, and we will organize it for sure. Uh, And, yeah, have a good rest of your week. Okay, you too. All right. Thanks a lot, Chloe.